Welcome home. I'm Dr. Tama, a minister, licensed psychologist, and sacred artist. And this is Homecoming, a podcast to facilitate your journey home to yourself. While I will provide weekly inspiration and mental health tips, this podcast is not a substitute for therapy. I'm so excited you're on the journey. If you want to request specific topics or share your progress, email me at homecomingpodcasts at gmail.com. Also, after you listen, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Let's begin. Welcome home, co-journers. I am excited that you're here and grateful to be with you. I want to announce that we do have a poem for today, and I'm excited that our sound engineer, who is also my soul sister and uh, just a beautiful, beautiful writer, among many other gifts, a sacred dancer as well, Asia Adebo is going to share with us her homecoming poem. And it is in such alignment for the work that we are doing. So Asia, let's hear it. Yes, I am so excited. Thank you for allowing me to share this piece. And it is entitled, At the Edge. At the Edge, Crumbling Earth, Loose sandy grains in between my fingers, in between my toes, searching for a connection. Mother Earth, take me home. Entrenched in my air, searching for a breath of life to reignite my soul. Home hath elevated right before my eyes. Home went home when her spirit rised. Now I roam, stop and search to settle, ready to plant roots and searching for my soil. The edge only offers a path in one direction, faith to soar, to fly, to release fear. I shall live and not die. My home is within. I rinse my vessel to make space to enter in. Home has waited for me all along. Maybe I was a runaway child, running from my responsibility, running from maturity, running from life, running from spirit, running to hide, to be set aside and not be opened wide. The curtains rise. On stage is my acting place. I desire to now live off Broadway, on truth, off character. Just me in my home, my home, grand queen, rising queen. Aja Janae Adebo, she's soaring to herself, going inward to rest, to be. I have arrived home and the lights are on so next time you see me you'll know why i'm shining because i'm home (laughs) yes oh my goodness i love it i have arrived and the lights are on ah what a powerful powerful testimony And I just have to say, Asia, and to those who have been listening, if you'll remember, it was yet a few months ago where we announced that uh, Asia's queen mother uh, passed, transitioned, uh, and is now an ancestor. And so for uh, you to be able to speak life in this moment uh, is such an affirmation of uh, the possibility of healing. 
And I thank you. I thank you for, for writing it and being willing to share it. And I believe that it shifted uh, the atmosphere for many who are on this journey. So thank you. All right, you all. So we are talking today about uh, getting past our defenses, getting past our defenses. So when we think about the journey home, it is important to be aware of the role that we play in the process, that uh, many times we are aware of the outside factors that affect our journey. And we have talked about stress, we have talked about trauma, we have talked about family dynamics and relationship dynamics, but it is also, and it is also important to pay attention to our own thinking and sometimes the mind to protect us from difficult information, from painful information, uh, from information that will cause us to shift the ideas that we had. Uh, sometimes the mind will uh, reconfigure, will reshape events uh, in order to allow us to hold on to what is safe or what is familiar, what appears safe, what appears familiar, even when it is not the full truth. And so a part of our homecoming journey is getting past our own psychological barriers, our own internal barriers. And many times on the podcast, we have talked about telling ourselves the truth, right? And so as we think today about releasing our defenses and facing truth, owning truth, standing in the truth, living from a place of truth, I invite you to take cleansing breath. And as you take cleansing breath, you may want to put one hand on your heart, one hand on your belly, and just be in tuned with yourself, in tune with yourself. Say, as I come home to myself, I am committed to telling myself the truth. As I come home to myself, I'm committed to seeing and speaking truth. Yes. And that can be uh, overwhelming. That can be scary. That can be new, especially when we have lived our lives uh, running from some truths. So to help you to get past the defenses, I want to talk today about uh, what some of those ego defense mechanisms are. So if you can know, uh, when I say mechanism, it just is a method, a way that the mind works uh, to shift your thoughts away from things that are uncomfortable, right? So we, if we are aware of these tactics or strategies that the mind can sometimes use, it will help us to recognize uh, when we are doing them. And uh, you may see it within yourself or you may have had other people pointed out to you and you may or may not have believed them. 
Um, but I want to come home to truth, even when that truth is challenging, right? So one of the uh, defense mechanisms is uh, rationalization. And when we rationalize, we try to justify our behavior instead of taking ownership for our choices and for our actions and for our words. And uh, this is often the case when someone points out something we have done and we get defensive. And instead of sitting with it, acknowledging it, owning it, perhaps apologizing, perhaps changing our behavior, uh, instead we will uh, go quickly to trying to excuse it uh, or explain it away. And uh, an example of that is if I am working with someone who has been abusive to other people, abusive to their partner, abusive to their children, um, abusive to their parents, abusive to people who work for them, um, then often what the person will immediately do is try to explain why their actions were justified because of these other people's behavior, right? That I would not have had to engage in this abusive action if they had not done ABC, right? I invite us to take a step back and to really look at um, our own actions and to know uh, that we are not puppets, right? That even if someone does something I don't like, I still get to make a choice about how I handle how I respond to whatever that action was. And so it is for me to come up with from my place of my values, my integrity, my ethic, my sense of my own identity, things that I will or will not do as it relates to the treatment of other people, right? And so I invite you, even if you, you would not think of any of your actions as falling in the category um, of abusive, um, whatever it is, I invite you to think about uh, things that you have done that perhaps you have tried to explain away. And perhaps it's not even just in the past, but in your present, right? Well, I had to do that because whatever that uh, reason is, and to own um, that we have choices. Because as long as I continue to say I had to, there is no room for my growth. There is no room uh, for freedom. There is no room for transformation, right? Because that means I'm a puppet, when, and whenever people do this, I must do that. Right. And so our liberation, a part of our liberation is the the freedom to choose. Right. And to uh, not have uh, so many automatic built in responses without any reflection um, or ownership on our part. Now, while it can be difficult 
uh, to take responsibility for our actions. The gift of that is also empowerment. Is once I discover that um, I do not have to operate on the, the strings of other people, right? I do not have to live my life in constant uh, reactive mode. It gives me a sense of empowerment within myself, yes? So when we uh, go into the rationalization, it can also sabotage our relationships. So it blocks us from the journey home to ourself in terms of empowerment and responsibility, but it also uh, can sabotage relationships because it can hinder any apology, right? Because then I can never apologize for something because, you know, at the at my core, I believe I had to do it because of what you did. Right. <laughs> so as you can know, if you've ever been on the receiving end of one of those apologies, it does not go well um, because we're not really in a place of being sorry for the action. Uh, we're more so saying you put me in a position where I had to act in that way or speak in that way. And so I invite you uh, during this week to uh, do some journaling about uh, what are the things that you have or need to take responsibility for. Now, I want to be mindful because I know a large part of our audience um, are trauma survivors, and I am a survivor, as I have indicated. So I'm not talking about taking responsibility um, shame and self-blame for when people have violated you. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying in terms of our own actions, right? Things we have said and things we have done and, you know, owning that, right? Owning that. And when I can own uh, what I have done and have the empowerment of the insight, the humility, um, that is required, the truth telling that is required, then I'm in a place where I can actually grow, right? I can actually grow and say, oh, you know, before uh, this is how I used to respond. And I thought that was my only option. And now, right? And now uh, I have shifted in my understanding, my understanding of myself, my understanding of relationship, of friendship, of family. And so I'm able to show up in another way, right? Uh, because as we come home to ourselves, we feel it, but also there's a ripple effect in terms of how we are in the world. So not only do we have rationalization, um, but we also have projection as a defense mechanism. And uh, with projection, the things that I feel within myself, um, but I believe they are unacceptable I will assume or place them onto other people, right? So if I have thoughts about aggression or, you know, wanting to fight people, but I believe that is unacceptable, then kind of the narrative I will have, the story I will tell myself is everyone always wants to fight me, right? Everyone is always looking to fight me. They're always trying to set me up for a fight. I have to be ready because they're out to get me, right? So uh, we want to be mindful of the way you can 
start to identify it is when it isn't about necessarily a specific person, but when it becomes um, a pattern. And this can show up in relationships. And the common one uh, that I've talked about on this podcast is um, when people are, you know, wanting to leave a relationship, but they keep accusing the other person of wanting to be out of it. Right. So it's like, I am not sitting with the truth of my own dissatisfaction and I'm not willing to own and name my own lack of fulfillment or my own disengagement. So then I become uh, obsessed in some ways or I become ultra focused on I don't think this person actually likes me, wants me, wants to be here. I think that they want to be out of it. Right. So um, if that is a, a strong feeling you have, but without any kind of support backing that up, um, I would just invite you to interrogate if the thing I am uh, thinking about this person, you know, I'm trying to do this mind reading, the assumptions I'm making about what other people are thinking is a part of that thought in me, right? Where did that, you know, idea really originate? And why is it so uh, distressing? And why is it so central to me? Um, so that I can recognize if there's some truth telling that maybe I need to own uh, within myself, right? Because when, for example, people are, you know, wanting to leave a job or uh, let's say your supervisor, uh, it really gets on your nerves, but you're not able to emotionally give yourself the space to acknowledge that. So then you think like everybody else must not like them, right? So you can go around saying, do you like such and such? Because it seemed like you didn't really like them the way you were in the meeting. It didn't seem like you liked them. So it becomes uh, an easier escape to assume and to focus and to uh, shift um, our own feelings, fears, concerns, uh, aggressions, desires to place them uh, on other people. And so I want to invite you to tell yourself uh, the truth about any thoughts, needs, desires that you may have that in your mind you may find unacceptable, right? Could it be unacceptable? that you desire or are interested in a certain person. I think we have all uh, had a friend who has, you know, been very insistent that someone was interested in them. And the reality is that our friend is actually the one who has the crush or the interest in that person, right? But we can become convinced, oh, you know, I saw them looking at me this way, or they keep looking over here. Well, do they keep looking over here or are you looking at them, right? So we want to give ourselves the freedom to own and to acknowledge the parts of ourselves that maybe have been silenced uh, so that we can come home to truth, right? What is it that you, you desire? What is it that you fear? What is it or who is it that you're actually angry with? 
and there can be freedom. It can be hard and uncomfortable, but there can be freedom in acknowledging those truths. Not only do we have uh, rationalization and projection, but we also have displacement. So with displacement, uh, often uh, we transfer the thoughts and feelings we have about one person onto someone else. So, and often the person we transfer them to when it's about like aggression or anger, um, it is usually someone who has less power, you know? So the example that people will give is uh, somebody at work feels like their boss mistreats them or humiliates them or harasses them and they're not um, in, in, a, in a place of having enough power uh, to stand up to their boss. So then they come home and they um, displace their attitude, uh, their upset, uh, their frustration onto their partner. Right. So that's why people often say those who are the closest to us often uh, experience uh, the worst sides of us. Right. So out in public or at work, uh, this behavior would not be acceptable. Right. You may lose your job for that. So then uh, people come home, they take it out on the spouse. And now the spouse who may have less power in the relationship uh, doesn't feel comfortable responding to the spouse who's being uh, problematic or toxic or abusive. And then that spouse puts it on the children, right? So now like all this kid did was like drop, you know, a glass of juice or, you know, this kid didn't do their homework, but the response is a level 10 because what we're responding to is not really the juice or the homework, but uh, that pent up aggression or that uh, pent up hostility, frustration that is really uh, from the spouse, right? And now we have this child and the child uh, in most households cannot um, respond to the parent with the intensity that they feel. And so what do some of those children do? Go out in the back and kick the dog, right? Mistreat a pet, pulling on a pet. Um, and so then taking out their frustration on uh, something that has less power than them. So you can see this, this ripple effect that has happened um, of displacing our frustration. And I invite us to really be honest with ourselves about the times that we have done that. When you were really upset about either someone or something else, and uh, you did not feel you had the freedom, safety, or power to respond to that other thing, or maybe you froze in that moment, and then you ended up taking out that frustration on someone who really did not deserve it, someone um, who um, really probably cares about you, is there for you, um, and then they're getting this uh, mistreatment, right? So we want to recognize that pattern and interrupt it, that, uh, you know, 
all of the stress that we face out in the world is not a justification or it cannot excuse um, mistreating or being mean-spirited to the people that we love and the people that love us, or even misplacing it, displacing it onto strangers, right? I want to name that as not only your loved ones, but when we think about road rage, right? What is that really about? Is it like, are you really that mad because somebody cut you off? Or more likely, it is something else uh, that has been left uh, unexpressed. And so what we can do with that um, and, and shifting our focus by telling ourselves the truth. So maybe even in this moment, if you have some upset or anger, frustration, um, to really reflect on what is it I'm really upset about? Like, really? Because sometimes the response doesn't seem to match the current moment. And so maybe it is larger than this moment, right? Um, I've dealt with that with couples where, um, you know, if people were mistreated in prior relationships, that sometimes um, there can be something small that happens in the new relationship. But based on all of those other times where the person did not have a voice, they can explode with this intensity because it's like, you're not going to do to me what all of these other people did to me. Um, and it is um, a- an accumulation, right, of past uh, frustration, anger, uh, a sense of being disrespected over years that is now showing up in this moment to a new person. Yes. So we want to be aware of rationalization, of uh, displacement. Um, We also want to be aware of regression. And so uh, when we uh, don't feel safe or we feel anxious, uh, sometimes we go back to um, an earlier stage of our development. And I'm not talking in this moment about people who actually have um, dissociative um, identity disorder, um, but I, uh, so not to the level of a diagnosis, but when people find themselves regressing. So an example would be um, if you have a child who, let's say, is middle school age and something traumatic happens, um, they, a loved one dies or they um, see like a violence at school, a school shooting, um, or the parents split up. And then this child who has been, you know, kind of just developing along suddenly starts wetting the bed again, right? Or suddenly starts sucking their thumb again, right? So we're going back to these earlier stages, uh, trying to have a sense of uh, comfort, of uh, soothing, of safety. And even in our adult years, uh, we can sometimes find ourselves doing those actions or um, behaviors of kind of going back in time. So you want to think about, for example, uh, when you're in uh, an argument or disagreement, uh, when you are responding 
to just check in with yourself. And if you're the partner, it's not for you to to say this to someone else because um, it will it um, will be it's seen as demeaning or disrespectful. But I can do it within myself is to say in this moment, um, how old do I feel? Right. What is what do I feel in this moment? Right. Because sometimes when we have been mistreated or people have talked over us um, without even being aware, it can take us back uh, into another time. Right. Another way of talking, another way of acting, another way of um, responding uh, from, you know, earlier stages of our lives. And so I want to be aware of that within myself so that if that is kind of um, a habit or pattern that has developed for me, that I can uh, learn to soothe myself and be aware of where I am in this present moment so I can give myself the support and the permission to show up as I am now, right? To show up in my present development in my present age, um, and to be able to see, perceive, and speak uh, from this present moment, right? But that's why a part of this is awareness raising, because often we're not even aware that that's happening. We're not even aware that we're doing it. And it requires also, um, you know, that sense of safety, which, you know, am I actually safe? which is an important piece for us to look at, right? And what was it in this moment um, that was making me feel uh, anxious or uncomfortable so that I can really uh, begin to tend to my uh, needs and calm myself, bring myself into uh, the present reality. And so as we work through these defenses, first acknowledge them, and then recognize their costs so we can have the motivation to shift. You know, so when I ret- when I uh, act in these particular ways or think in these ways, um, what does it cost me as an individual emotionally? Um, what are the ways it may sabotage my relationships or friendships or even the way I am at work? And so then I want to be able to see it within myself. And uh, to work through the discomfort of truth-telling, right? First of all, to myself. I want to work through the discomfort of truth-telling, which means uh, radical acceptance. That even though I have some thoughts or feelings that um, may make me uncomfortable, I'm willing to own the truth so that, as Asia said, I can come home to myself with the lights on. And it is a beautiful, beautiful piece when I can see the complicated fullness of who I am. And that fullness of who I am does not require perfection. It does not require this narrow view of how I should be and how I must feel and how I must think. But I accept myself enough to accept the ragged edges, to accept the things that uh, are messy about my insides, the nuance, the layers, the complications, that I'm a complicated human being, (laughs) right? There's a lot going on in here and it's it's beautiful. It is 
uh, beautiful to not have to be a single note, to not have to be um, one-sided, to make room for all of the different aspects of who I am. And there's uh, a sense of empowerment and a sense of liberation that comes with that. So I invite your soul to tell your heart, mind, body, and spirit, welcome home. 